Hey guys, I'm today here with Tim and Tim is going to share his experience being 20s and abroad. Hello guys, thank you Carolina for inviting me. Okay Tim, why don't you start with telling the background, your childhood, how you started, where you were born and all that. Uh, I grew up at the German-Danish borderline. Um, I'm 28 years old and I also went in this area to kindergarten, to school and did my bachelor's there too, actually. That's great. So with how many languages were you, did you grow up? Because if you live nearby the border, it must be more than one. Yeah, as uh, German and Danish influence is on both sides. Uh, on the Danish side, you have a German minority and on the uh, German side, you have a Danish minority, actually. So you find German kindergartens in Denmark and Danish kindergartens in Germany and stuff. So uh, I have the influence of both sides. My mom is also from East Germany, so I have a uh, East German background too. Um, and in school we also learned English, of course. Okay, that's great. Was it hard to jungle between these languages or? Um, not so much because most of the time I went to our uh, German school and could just speak in German there and <laughs> the English classes were in uh, English, of course. And uh, after the 10th, uh, class. I also had Danish classes again in okay. Germany. Oh, that's great. Did you mm. grow up bilingual, even tri tri triangle. <laughs> I cannot say that word, unfortunately, as I'm as a, nat a native speaker. Yeah, but... and there's also a uh, fourth language, actually, because there's a regi regional language. Um, it's a dialect, um, but uh, main German people couldn't understand that I live actually there are words which are very close to Dutch and uh, it's also yeah a language with, which is going extinct so, mm -hmm. yeah. oh that's interesting mm -hmm. and uh, I know that you have lived in several countries mm -hmm. and I know that you want to share one experience one main experience and for me it's a very interesting one you want to talk about so mm -hmm. why don't you start talking about your living abroad experience in India yeah yeah India is my biggest abroad experience I went there 2017 to 2018 um, for almost a year um, it was quite crazy because I grew up in Flensburg, which is a Danish-German border city, and it's very small, 90,000 people living in, it's all quiet, a lot of um, people with yachts and stuff, mm -hmm. and yeah, some students, we have a university there, so I had quite a cultural shock when I went to India. So many people, everything was so different. Uh, so many things going on, a lot of homeless people also. And I, I didn't see something like that before. So at first I was like, okay, maybe I, this is, this environment is too harsh for me. I'm not used to it. Uh, I didn't experience, uh, I didn't expect it to be like this, but, um, after my first days at office, I, I got used to it. Uh, I adapted to my environment. I also tried 
to help people, but it was quite hard because if you want to uh, give money to people on the street, everybody starts to gather around you because they all want There the are peace. so many, yeah. yeah. But I want to I remember you told me that on the first day you were looking for the flights back home. Yeah, yeah. So when I, when I arrived at the hostel, um, it was also quite weird because my hostel was in Old Delhi, you know, in New Delhi, mm -hmm. and Old Delhi is, uh, yeah, the situation is quite bad there in my European <laughs> opinion. <laughs> and yeah, security guards uh, were guarding um, the hostel. Uh, yeah, also, or so, so many bad things on the street going on on my way to the hostel that I directly checked flights. Oh, uh, but then it turned out to be one of the greatest experiences that you had yeah. in your life. But did you know anyone when you moved there, or you were all by no. yourself? I didn't know anyone. Um, <clears throat> I just knew that another uh, exchange, well, another expat is living in the hostel. Um, she was from Vietnam. I also went to the office with her, so I had a free weekend when I did arrive. Um, but I felt like so shocked about the whole situation that I, I contacted my office and said, okay, I don't need the free weekend. I actually want to go to office <laughs> today. <Yeah. laughs> and because I also didn't know what to do and how to behave in this area or how to travel or anything. Yeah, it's a completely different world. It's understandable. Yeah, so, so I went to office with a girl from Vietnam and she was laughing at me because I felt so... She's <laughs> about the whole situation and she was already used to it and yeah the people in India are also very nice and yeah and maybe I was also influenced by bad media coverage because you hear a lot of bad stuff about uh, India um, but honestly uh, I think it, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt I think mm -hmm. media like at least I stopped reading news a long time ago if something important is going to happen you will know mm -hmm. it eventually because I think completely every country in the world is portrayed very poorly. Mm -hmm. Except maybe Denmark, because Denmark is known to be one of the happiest <laughs> places in the world. Yeah. Apparently, for, probably for the Legoland, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But India is portrayed far worse mm -hmm. than it actually is. I think it's a wonderful country. I've never been there. Yeah. And yeah. how is the food experience i think that's very interesting how was your first <laughs> yeah. meal if you remember uh, yeah i remember my first meal actually i went with my working colleagues to a restaurant close to the office and i ordered a curry and i took a piece of chicken out of the curry and I dropped it on the pants of my colleague, so he had all the red oh, uh, curry sauce. Oh, no, you cannot wash it out. <laughs> yeah. it, it was his first expression of me that I was dropping my curry on Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, did you have to eat by hand? I uh, know. Uh, now we ate with forks and uh, spoons. Eating with hands is quite common in South India, um, but Northern India is uh, very close to... Uh, Arabic countries actually okay. uh, also has a uh, Muslim influence uh, and stuff also the Taj Mahal is built by some Muslim leader uh, which actually conquered northern India so there they have a lot of cultural heritage uh, from All that right. time so they also use spoons and forks and knives but in southern India 
I also experienced it, um, you eat by hands also, wet, wet food with rice and some sauces and it's not on a plate, it's on a banana leaf and then you <laughs> just <laughs> go with your hands and choose this mashy uh, wet food and shove it into your mouth and you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm getting some I sickness I can right imagine, <laughs> like, uh, when I lived in Switzerland, my Ethiopian friends in their mm. culture, you eat by hand, but you have, mm. like, bread which is called injura mm -hmm. it looks kind of like crepe if we yeah. put it in european standards but it's a bread it's similar but it's not the same taste mm -hmm. is like not sweet at all but you put your food on top of this bread mm -hmm. and you take from the corners a piece of bread which is like crepe in oral mm -hmm. language i would say <laughs> and you take with this crepe the rest of the yeah. food and most of the food oh, is yeah. with sauces so that makes it easier, but my first experience was in the restaurant and mm -hmm. I got on my white shirt, I think turmeric on it, mm -hmm. and you cannot wash it out. It's like curry. Mm -hmm. If once you get it, it's there. Like, I'm not going to leave you. I will mm -hmm. stay with you here forever. So I had to say goodbye to my <laughs> shirt because it was super yellow yeah. on white shirt. Yeah, the this bread as, yeah. So you don't need to use forks and knives are also common over there. So I got a lot of breads to my meals to, to do it like this because it's like the old and traditional way. Yeah. And I think uh, if you go to street food places, um, they, they didn't uh, give me any forks. And mm. knives and, uh, you can't forget about that. You just have to get used to it. <laughs> yeah. But it's great because you experience mm. something completely out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It's not sure. easy, it's not always easy, but it's challenging and that's what makes life more interesting, I think. Yeah, it's a challenge and uh, that's also <laughs> uh, why I, I did stay, because in the first place I did want to go to India to see something completely different, get out of my comfort zone, so I stayed in this area uh, in Scandinavia all my life, so I just felt like, okay, I have to leave uh, this area and maybe go to a completely different culture well it was completely <laughs> different wasn't it yeah yeah it was but yeah in the end uh i also felt like okay in these first days i feel actually embarrassed by now how i <laughs> behaved i was so anxious because there was no reason about it but maybe it was a cultural shock and i had a great time there well obviously i can imagine but uh Probably like that was the best you could do those first days, the reaction, because it was mm -hmm. what you said, you wanted completely different and you mm -hmm. got completely different. <laughs> so I think now we are here in Austria at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's not such a big culture shock because it's quite similar to where yes. you're from. Mm -hmm. It's not too different from my country, even though I'm from a different side of mm -hmm. the world. Not too far, but still relatively, mm -hmm. it's not like next doors but you wished for something different, you got something different, and obviously your reaction was unexpected. Yeah. You couldn't control it, you had mm. no idea how it would be, and to go that far by yourself, it's mm. very, very brave. But uh, you went there for internship, didn't you? Yeah, I went there for an internship. I worked as a marketing executive in an Indian company for the German-speaking area and for Denmark. Um, it was uh, a lot of responsibility for an intern, but I think they have no other opportunity than uh, getting interns because uh, no person who got already a bachelor, 
or not so many people uh, would go to India uh, as German or Danish speakers um, to do a job there. They would need to offer a lot of money to convince the people to move to New Delhi and work mm -hmm. there. So they uh, use interns for one year term and replace them afterwards with another intern. But it's also quite cool this way because I learned a lot. I had a lot of responsibility. I met uh, very cool clients in Germany. I also went with my Indian boss to Germany and visit uh, important clients. And during your stay in India? Yeah, during my stay in okay. India. It was also quite weird because um, the business culture is quite different. Um, so they have a strict hierarchy. Um, and I'm under my boss, so I have to feel that I'm under my boss, um, not just in office, uh, everywhere, because, and also uh, in personal contact. <clears throat> okay. Uh, for example, I had to fly uh, second class to Zurich, uh, from Zurich to Frankfurt, uh, and wait there. Uh, nine hours for my boss who had a direct flight from <laughs> New Delhi to Oh Frankfurt. wow, and you had basically <laughs> almost the same timing yeah, to arrive. You know, so that's like some power plays they have to show that they uh, are in some better position. All right, and what was the job about? I, I understand that you spoke German there at the work. If you were in direct contact yeah. with German clients. Yeah, Danish, German. <coughs> um, sometimes English also if another intern was sick or didn't uh, or had holidays or something. And so I did some task of them if it was all urgent. Um, so the company basically sold stones. <laughs> so oh. Stones like tiles or curb stones for streets. Uh, um, made out of granite, marble, or sandstone, and yeah. All right, something completely unusual, I think, because <laughs> jobs in Europe that we usually get it's like, some affairs or yeah, EU, yeah. UN. Like no one really goes for something very unusual because everyone mm. wants to go something really well known. At least yeah. people that I know around, they always work with something with government. For mm. internships, just to mm. have it in your CV, so it's a great experience. Plus, mm. it's very it takes you far. Yeah. And I think once you go around like completely different world, you take also some something completely different that you would normally go for, and have like completely different experience, which mm. is great. And how long were you living in India? Um, almost a year. So I arrived on the first September, and I left uh, in July. Okay. Yeah. So, what was your biggest highlight? Uh, my biggest highlight, I think, uh, being in the Himalaya. Um, so, it's like the, <laughs> the biggest mountains in the world, mm -hmm. and it was quite breathtaking to be there to uh, see these massive mountains. Um, but also the country is so diverse, so I went to the Malaya, but I also went to Rajasthan, which is very close to Pakistan, and I've been in the desert there, I went to Goa in the south, um, which is surrounded by jungle, and you have the Indian Ocean right there, um, 
And New Delhi is this very huge city with 30 million people living Jeez. inside of it. So it was... For me, it's shocking because I'm coming from a country where we're not even 2 million. Yeah. We're like 1.9. Mm-hmm. And to be from a city with 30 million, that's like next level for me. <laughs> like I can't even imagine that. It's so full, so crowded. How are you going commuting from your home to work? Um, I went by subway. Uh, at first, I thought, okay, it might be like in Japan or something. Everybody knows these pictures of people getting shoved into the metro, and then the doors are closed. There is a person who actually gets paid for pushing people yeah. to fit in the subway. And I expected something similar in uh, New Delhi, actually. But in the end, the metro system is very sophisticated in India. The um, trains are coming every minute or every two minutes. They're very modern, very new. I think they just built the whole metro system, actually. So the trains are better than in the metro of uh, Berlin or Paris oh, wow. or even Vienna. So, but I think because it was all quite new, it also felt weird um, because people with Kalashnikovs were everywhere in the metro and checking um, if someone wants to, to bomb that place. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. And you have to go to a security checks like at the airport to get into the metro station. Um, that was quite unusual and weird for me and <laughs> uh, so, yes. but I got used to it very fast because I know it from the... Uh, airports and Germany and if you're a city with 30 million people I think it also makes sense to be careful especially if your country is in some uh, conflict about some regions with a neighbor state like Pakistan <laughs> which is yeah. an Islamic Republic but uh, were metros going more often than for example here in Vienna mm. because if there is population so much higher I would say so 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 much higher mm-hmm. than in here in Austria, for example, mm-hmm. where the metro is going more often in that case, so mm-hmm. more people could fit in or yeah, yeah, the metro is like going every minute or every second minute, um so I think that's how they are handling these messes. They have a lot of metro lines, so more than uh Vienna actually, while I stayed, they built many new stations and new lines actually, so uh, that's how they're dealing with this huge population. And many people are using also uh, alternative kinds of transportation, for example, um, we call them tuk-tuks uh-huh. also in Vietnam. I yeah. know, yeah. Uh, Indian people wouldn't call them tuk-tuks, they would call them auto rickshaws, <laughs> but they are also very common and um for a cheap price you can get from a to b <laughs> but uh tuk tuks uh, i don't know uh, would, uh, at least what i compare to latvian standards we have a person that is cycling and mm. two people or three people can sit behind oh, really? is that the same or you have different system um it's uh, it has a motor, an engine, so... Okay, uh, so not as in Latvia where a person is actually cycling and doing really hard yeah, work. Yeah, but uh, you also had these uh, cyclist transportation guys too. Um, yeah. They're also common in some areas, but okay. not for long distances. Okay, so I remember you had a, a really great story how you were paying for the rent in India. Yeah, uh, so the... 
my landlord was a, or still is probably a club owner um, has several clubs and contracts with other clubs and in my living community we lived with 12 people all were internationals and our landlord had a special deal with some nightclubs and was also a nightclub owner so we went to the nightclubs uh, got free drinks and had to pay less rent for every visit in these nightclubs. If you took all three opportunities per week, um, you even got money back. You didn't have to pay rent. You you made a plus actually and had free drinks and everything. It's also it, actually as a student, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's also quite uh, fucked up a little bit um, because the reason behind it is um, that the club. Uh, has an international appeal if uh, a group of people from Europe and South America are attending the party there. So people would think, ah, yeah, this club must be good because there are <laughs> foreigners and expats. That's uh, why, why he did it. Okay, <laughs> so, but was the club actually great? Were there <coughs> great parties or...? Yeah, the parties were quite cool. Um, it, was like it mostly was like a big dance hall or something. It was more like a bar with a dance floor and also the opportunity to eat. And this was quite a, or is quite popular in India actually. And but there was also a very huge nightclub, a very expensive one in uh, a hotel, the Shangri La Hotel in uh, New Delhi. Um, you have had like a very huge dance floor. And the drinks were so expensive. Uh, thankfully, we got like groceries and <laughs> drinks. But if you want to pay a drink there, it's like 20 euros for a beer. Or oh, wow. Euros for a drink, yeah. That's more expensive than Switzerland. Yeah, that was, I think, I think it's maybe the most expensive club in New Delhi, probably in India. But um, uh, these clubs, do they, do are they like more traditional? They have Indian music? Do they... Um, they have western music actually also a lot of south american beats actually so i didn't know many songs sometimes i also overhear german songs which was quite surprising but like german hip-hop dance music um maybe also to get some international appearance there and germany is quite uh popular in india i don't know why exactly <laughs> but it's the case apparently. probably because of tourism no yeah, also they feel some connection to Germany. I don't know, the German cars are also quite uh, popular and they put stickers on the license plates mm. that it looks like a European uh, license plate from Germany. So you have a D and the European stars on this blue label. <laughs> okay, maybe it's like prestige or something. <coughs> I have no idea, I never heard about it. It's quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I talk with some people which are also like... Germany fans in football and but I, I don't know why this uh, developed maybe it's also just an offer in India I don't know and okay but the question about the apartment you were like 12 international people living together mm -hmm. was it like shared one kitchen and one bathroom mm -hmm. and one toilet to all 12 people uh, we had one kitchen yeah uh, and one big living room uh, but four fridges and 
two people shared one bathroom. Actually, I also had to share my room with another person. So in one corner was my bed, um, and on in the other corner of the room was the bed of the other person. And everybody, by both had one, uh, yeah, thing to put clothes in and stuff. Okay, was that person nice? Or was it a flatmate or roommate from hell? <laughs> no, he was quite cool, actually. Okay. Uh, he also became my uh, best friend um, during this day. So you get That's quite close great. if you have to share a room and to sleep in the same room. Yeah. Exactly, but it can also go the other way where you don't get the connection. Yeah. And then it's a biggest nightmare you can imagine. Yeah, he stayed there before I moved in, actually. His former roommate was and guy, a guy from the US. And he behaved not so nice, apparently. Yes, so a guy from where? Uh, the US. The US, yeah. okay. So, and he uh, was partying every day and came back four o'clock in the morning very drunk. And one time he just peed into the room. Oh, <laughs> no. Not even into the washroom. Jeez. But your friend, where was he from? <coughs> the one that you lived together <coughs> Pardon? Uh, where the, your... I'm from Bukaramanga. The one that you gave me contacts with. Yeah. Okay, so we'll have another podcast coming on with yeah. your roommate. Yeah, and he's living in Budapest right now. So he's living abroad for quite a while. Yeah, yeah he's from Congo. Well, that's a great experience. Already two <laughs> continents. Yeah, yeah. true, yeah. Three um, South America, Europe. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't count that one. So, what was the one thing you really regret not doing while you were living in India? Mm, and that's a very hard question, but I think um, going to the jungle is a thing I missed in India. I should have went there. So I went to all these places I talked before about, but in the end, uh, I really did want to see it because I'm interested into biology and I want to see the this unique nature there and being in the forest with no uh, contact <laughs> to the outer world yeah so that's something I need to do in the future too <laughs> so I won't regret yeah have you ever it. visited again India since ever since you left no are you planning yeah, I'm planning to do it. I don't know when. It's not very urgent for me, but it, I'm very sure that I want to do it and to also to see how the country developed because it, it's developing very fast. Yeah, I can imagine with so many inhabitants there, mm. they must, like there's no other option because so many people have so many ideas. and. Yeah, and it's growing very fast also economically and I think before COVID, it was growing faster than China, for example. And a lot of things happened while I stayed there. So, yeah, I wonder how, uh, where they are traveling to. <laughs> That's great. What is one thing you miss the most about India? <clears throat> the food, actually. At first I can it... imagine. <laughs> food is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, at first it was quite hard for me because it was so spicy. But in the end, I am really missing the Indian food, yeah. Did you ever cook at home or were you always eating uh, outside? Both. Uh, we also had a, uh, yeah, some cook in our flat. <laughs> That's came. amazing. Did you have to pay for her? Uh, no, it was included actually. And she oh came. my God. She also, 
Yeah, I actually, it's, I feel a little bit embarrassed talking about it because she was also cleaning our rooms and <laughs> the whole thing. Oh, but it's part yeah. of the rent, often. <clears throat> also, here yeah. in the accommodations we're living, someone, not yeah. our rooms necessarily, but they do clean around. Yeah, but I feel I felt quite weird about it sometimes because we are a group of foreigners and this woman from India is cleaning our rooms and cooking food for us. So, oh, I feel quite colonial. But did something. you feel like it was like your mom or wasn't it the same way? Because no, I, I actually feel like I'm her boss or something. That was something I was very uncomfortable about um, because she was say, saying sir to me and please don't call me sir or something. And I'm just living here. Uh, so, yeah. I try to include her also somehow into our life and <laughs> offering her That's to sweet. eat with us or uh, when I bought ice cream I also offered to ice cream to her and stuff like this. Did too. she ever accept? Yes. That's so. very sweet because I think uh, as I have heard of the other stories it's for them very unusual and mm. for us from Europe it's very common that we invite them for meals and all the mm. workers it's not something like we don't have classes mm. you know what i mean i think yeah. it's some, i'm not saying that india has but i have heard in some places in africa yeah, yeah, that's for sure. lowest class middle class highest class we don't divide like this we're all in europe pretty much equal mm. i can only speak about countries i have lived in so i have only lived in europe that's mm. why i refer to it but otherwise i think it's a very unusual thing so it's great to include and to show other side of the world. Yeah, it's very, very deep in Indian culture, actually. They have this caste system and it's, it starts to vanish, but it's, it's just starting to vanish. So in the area I lived in, uh, also some people live with a lot of money. They are quite rich, they had Lamborghinis or big Mercedes SUVs. And people from the lower caste were sitting outside in a plastic chair and just kept an eye on the car all night long. And in the morning they cleaned the car so the rich guy could go into the car with the, and go to his office and show off. And when he came home the guy was still there and uh, continued uh, guarding his car all night long and cleaned it, cleaned it in the morning. And they were all always from the lowest caste, uh, while the uh, cars were from the highest caste. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting. And uh, how is your farewell in India? Was it a big thing or not so much? Did you experience very great events like Holy Festival, mm -hmm. New Year's? I experienced Diwali, uh, the festival of lights, which was quite nice. Um, but afterwards, there's a lot of pollution in the air because they are doing fireworks and stuff. And Holi was really amazing. I really did like it. So, uh, yeah, the, every city in India is very vibing uh, during this period. There are also some holy cities which are very, uh, yeah, very spiritual actually. Um, I went to the Holy Festival, which was rather commercial and international, but it was, was still very nice. That sounds really great. 
Well, I think we should wrap it up now. And thank mm. you very much, Tim, for participating <coughs> in 20s and Abroad podcast. I think we definitely will make another episode about you living in Austria mm. because the stories about India are great enough. And if anyone wants to listen more, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for having me here, Carolina. It was okay. a pleasure. Thank you, and we'll see you next episode.